Welcome to the Mornings with Sue and Andy podcast for Friday, June 30th. We begin with our weekly conversation with Mayor Jyoti Gondek. This time out, the mayor brings us details on her recent trip to Toronto, where she attended the Collision Conference to encourage tech companies to set up shop here in Calgary. June is Migraine Awareness Month. However, for those who suffer from migraines, it may as well be every month. We catch up with neurologist Dr. Elizabeth Leroux to learn about the painful condition and the resources available to help cope with migraines. And finally, just in time for the long weekend, we catch up with Brett McGarry from the Couch Potatoes. Brett brings us details on one of the most anticipated releases of the summer, the fifth installment of the Indiana Jones franchise, The Dial of Destiny. How can Calgary encourage tech companies to make our city their home? Joining us to talk about it and fresh off her trip to Toronto for the Collision Conference is Calgary Mayor Jody Gondek. Good morning, Madam Mayor. Good morning, Sue and Andy. How are you? Excellent. Hey, thanks so much for joining us uh, on this beautiful Friday ahead of a long weekend. Uh, tell us a little about your recent trip to Toronto. Did you go to the Hockey Hall of Fame or were you far more busy? <laughs> I didn't have a chance to take in a lot of the sites other than what was happening with Collision and uh, some of the really great economic development meetings we had. But I have to give a big shout-out to Sizzle. They won the pitch competition. Um, this is a local company that's trying to connect food makers uh, with underutilized commercial kitchen spaces. So that was a very big deal. There was a yacht party that a lot of folks hosted to ensure that the sector could get together and celebrate its successes. It was just really nice to see Calgary-based companies getting the recognition that they deserve. And it was good to connect with some folks that are headquartered in Toronto that uh, we're trying to convince to come to Calgary. All right. You pretend it's like that show, uh, Dragon's Den or Shark Tank, here in Madam Mayor. You're going to sell Calgary tech companies to Sue and myself. What do you say when you've got the open ears to, to, to get people to come and set up shop here? The number one thing that people want to hear is that we have a good talent base. And to go along with that, they also want to know that if they're bringing people into the city, um, if they've got workers that are going to be moving from their current location, they want to know that they're going to have a great quality of life, that they're going to have access to amenities, that they're going to be able to enjoy arts and entertainment and take in the culture. And so really being able to elevate the investments we've made in places like Arts Commons, Olympic Plaza, Glenbow Museum, to be able to talk about the office to residential conversion People are really excited to get behind our very bullish approach to what Calgary is going to be. Mayor, oil and gas, energy, that's our bread and butter. We all know that. Is tech number two, do you think? I think the thing to remember here is that tech goes across every sector. So it's, it's table stakes, if you will. So the tech companies that initially came to Calgary in the last few years, about 60% of them are focused on oil and gas as their primary clients because they know they've got some good good solutions that will lead to sustainability. Um, But they're also focused on other areas like agriculture. They're incredibly focused on life sciences. So tech in and of itself, I I would prefer to call, um, you know, table stakes and something that permeates every type of business because everyone is digitizing and that's why we need to have that kind of talent in our city. I want to ask you this, uh, Madam Mayor. Oh, wow, what is it? Uh, one week away from the greatest outdoor show on earth, Yahoo! the Stampede Parade. And Yahoo! For those that are very interested, six days to sneak a peek. But I, I want to bring it back because I remember years ago, and it was years ago, Mayor Dave Bronconnie was having a conversation with him ahead of Stampede. And it's, it really stuck with me. I said, how's Stampede? Look, you looking forward to it? And he goes, well, 
I've got one breakfast at 6, another one at 7.30, mm-hmm. 8.30, and then a luncheon. And, and it was like, boy, this guy is putting on, when we're kicking up our heels, he's putting in more hours than well, the rest of us do in a month. How does your Stampede work? And, and talk about the, the fact that your job isn't over during 10 days of Stampede. Well, I mean, my additional responsibility is that I'm a member of the Stampede board as well. And that organization and its board works very hard in the lead-up to Stampede. And during those 10 days, those directors are at every possible event they can be at, whether it's in a particular community of Calgary, whether it's at Elbow River Camp, or if they are um, visiting you know, the kids that are in for 4-H. That is a really hard-working group of individuals, and that's really what drives the organization forward. So I'm one of them. I'm going to be at uh, a million things those 10 days. Do you ever get to just be Jyoti and go to the Stampede and hang out? I'm always just me. <laughs> right? <laughs> but do, I guess more I'm asking, like, people recognize you. Do they always want to talk about the business of, you know, the, the city and all, all the things that come along with that? Or do you ever just kind of get to hang out and people don't recognize you? Well, sometimes um, people don't know it's me, and sometimes they do. And I would say, here's what comes along with any public service job that you have. People want you to be approachable, and they want to engage with you. They feel that that's why they elected you. So it's absolutely my responsibility to engage in those meaningful conversations, and I don't mind. And when somebody's being a little unruly or out of line, you know, I have had to say, you know, we can agree to disagree on this, and I hope you have a great day, and then you move on. But my job to represent the city and it's my job to be responsible to responsive and responsible to citizens who have questions yeah i'm not sure if we'll get a chance to talk to you before the kickoff of, of, of stampede madam mayor and so let's get down to brass tacks you're going to be down at stampede park you're going to be choosing your favorite food if there's only one mm. what, what, what would you uh, enjoy at the, the midway it's always a corn dog yeah and last year they had these korean corn dogs that were amazing Okay, fair enough. And, and, that's and donuts. Uh, yeah, excellent Let's choices. Let's not kid ourselves. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 100%. I'm with you. Uh, before we get to Stampede, Canada Day, long weekend, big plans? I will be taking in a lot of the events that are going on around town. I know that there's um, a lot of programming at Calgary. There's a, a page with a lot of um, bands performing a little bit later tomorrow. But before that, there's all kinds of things to do at St. Patrick's Island. Um, I know Olympic Plaza some things going on the municipal building is going to be activated so if you can get out please take your family and go and take in all of the things that are happening there is also an indigenous showcase and powwow tomorrow at about one o'clock at fort calgary so there's so much to do. so much to do hey, uh, you know we, we, we i want to reframe the question that we sometimes hear a lot this time of the year which is uh, you know what makes us the best nation on the earth and i think that unless you lived in every nation on the earth you know you, you can't really say right but the pride that we have. What makes you proud to be a Canadian? What makes you, when you, you meet somebody from another part of the world, to say, I'm a Canadian, and uh, this is what makes us special? I believe it's the kindness and compassion that we have, not only towards each other, but when visitors come here. If you spend a little bit of time during Stampede going to some of the breakfast, the pancake breakfast, you will see a lot of people from other countries say, I can't believe that this is just free, and I can't believe that everyone is so excited to be a part of it. It feels like sense of community, and I think that's the strongest part about Canada. Love it. Uh, just Googling calgary.ca and then Canada Day, and it, there's a great page for the city of Calgary. It tells you all the things that are going on for Canada Day celebrations. So have a wonderful long weekend. I know you're working through it, but it, it's, it's, uh, we're celebrating a birthday, and it's an important one. So happy Canada Day to you, Mayor. Well, happy Canada Day to everybody. I hope to see you out and about, and we will talk to you next week. Fantastic. Thank you so much. That's Jyoti Gondek, the mayor of Calgary.
Do you get migraines? Is there anything that can be done, anything truly that can be done for those who suffer from migraines? Well, June is Migraine Awareness Month, but for those who suffer, every month is Migraine Awareness Month. But let's talk about uh, what is new and what we need to know. We're checking in this morning with neurologist Dr. Elizabeth Leroux. Good morning to you, doctor. Thanks so much for joining us. Good morning. My pleasure. What actually is a migraine? What makes a migraine a a specifically different type of headache? So a headache is a symptom. It's very common. I mean, most people will have something called tension headaches, right? Little headache. And then usually you kind of relax, you take a bit of water, it goes away. A migraine attack is a neurological storm in the brain. And so there's pain, of course, but there's also other symptoms, for example, nausea, vomiting, sensitivity to light and sound, dizziness, vertigo, neck pain, um, difficulty focusing. So it makes your brain pretty much difficult to use for hours and sometimes days at a time and sometimes many days in the month. Uh, Some of my patients even have migraine attacks almost every day. Dr. LaRue, is, is it hard to, to, to get a diagnosis as a patient? Because, you know, it's, it's in, inside of your head and you might have, a, you know, a series of headaches. How is it actually diagnosed by a professional? So it's based on the, the questionnaire. So we listen about the symptoms and we exclude other types of headaches. Of course, the priority is always to make sure we're not talking about, you know, a brain tumor or meningitis or scary other things. But usually people with migraine have those headaches for years and years. And, um, uh, and the diagnosis is made really on what the patient says. Beyond just the diagnosis, every person with migraine has a set of triggers, symptoms, frequency, intensity, impact. So there are so many different uh, types of migraineurs that the difficulty for healthcare providers is spend the time listening and then explaining to the person what a good plan would be for this particular individual. So it's, it's a disease that's extremely common, but also extremely diverse. Is that why then it's, you know, there's just been no sort of miracle cure, I guess, for the migraine? There are lots of things that I hear people do because I, I, I count myself lucky that I don't get migraines. And I know there are things that you can do to help, but nothing to really stop it, is there? So there are actually many treatments now that have changed our practice. Um, there's so many myths and stigma about migraine. I always tell people to just go on good websites like Migraine Canada or the American Migraine Foundation to read about it. Um, education, like professionals are not educated enough. So it might be that you find a doctor who will diagnose you, but maybe not know the full array of potential treatments. The first step is usually adapting your lifestyle, but it's, it's not enough. I mean, many of my patients, most of my patients actually need pills or medications to control each attack and also the treatments to prevent the attacks, to make them less frequent, less intense. And I can tell you after 15 years in this business, for the past few years, we've seen new treatments that are just really a breakthrough, a scientific breakthrough and help patients live better. We are speaking with neurologist Dr. Elizabeth LaRue. It is a Migraine Awareness Month. Is it, is it age dependent? Is there a demographic where one age group is, is more affected, doctor? So little kids have it. I mean, 10% of our kids in Canada live with migraines, boys and girls. Um, And in the adult population, it's up to 15% of the adult population. Uh, But once again, it might be a few migraine attacks per year, or it might be chronic migraine and and attacks every other day or every day. 
So we just released actually at Migraine Canada a little video called Migraine a Painful Reality, which you can see on YouTube, and which just illustrates very nicely the impact that migraine can have on someone's life, uh, on their personal life, their family life, and their workplace life. Thank you for that. So migraines, a painful reality. How can you find the film? Is it available to everyone? Absolutely. And it is on YouTube. It's available in French and English. And the goal of this is to hear from people who live with migraine. I encourage people who live with migraine to break the stigma, to talk about it. There's a lot of guilt. People feel that they are weak. It's their fault. It is not. This is a disorder of the brain. It's ingrained in the genes. There are many different subtypes. So our plan of Migraine Canada is to educate employers and also I mean, uh, make sure that healthcare providers know how to manage migraines so we can move from just like drink water, check the weather and manage your stress to get proper medical care. And you know, it's interesting to me because my wife is always saying, and she's a lot smarter than I am, drink more water. That connection between, for example, dehydration and, and maybe fresh air and some exercise versus just popping a pill, maybe not migraines, but headaches. Boy, we can do a lot of things on our own, can't we? We can definitely stabilize our brain, and that's true for every human being, you know, like being hydrated, exercising, uh, maintaining a healthy weight, and eating properly and managing our mental load. We want our brain to be stable. But people with migraine, usually even with perfect lifestyle, and I see people who have spent years and years trying to perfect their lifestyles and avoiding triggers, it's not enough. You need medical treatment to, to make your brain able to go through life. And so I think it's a fine balance because, yes, it's true. Lifestyle has an impact, and I do encourage my patients to do all those things. Um, but on the other side, it's absolutely inappropriate to tell a person that they are responsible of their migraine attacks because they don't hydrate enough. I mean, that's just really, really extreme. Um, so, yes, lifestyle, like diabetes, asthma, you have also lifestyle modifications. But medical care, so that might be for acute treatment, preventive treatment, um, and sometimes, despite best treatment, migraine can be disabling. And I have patients, despite trying, haven't found yet the treatment that is helpful. So I think if you live with migraine, if you know someone with migraine, just listening and please stop telling these people to manage stress and drink water. Mm-hmm. Can, can ask them how they can be supported um, and refer them to Migraine Canada so they can learn more and feel encouraged. Thank you so much for bringing all this to our attention. Really appreciate it. Uh, June, Migraine Awareness Month. And, uh, you know, thanks for the information. I appreciate your time. Yep, there's a lot to be done. Thank you. Thank you. Migraine, A Painful Reality. It's a new little film that you can find on YouTube in French and English. And again, Migraine Canada for more information. That was neurologist Dr. Elizabeth Leroux. Every Friday, we have the chance to catch up with Brett McGarry of The Couch Potatoes in a little bit more pressure because it's the long weekend. We really desperately need something to watch. Good morning to you, Brett. Hi there. And when you say something to watch, how about a classic? This is installment number five of something I grew up with, something I'm very excited about. Tell us about the newest Indiana Jones. It's finally here, the Dial of Destiny. I've been tortured with voodoo. Been shot nine times, including once by your father. Ah, sorry. But I've been looking for this all my life. That's right, the fifth and likely final installment Mm. of Indiana Jones, at least as we know it, because Harrison Ford's 80 years old, so I think this is his last ride. Um, But there's talk that they might 
continue it sort of in spirit with Phoebe Waller-Bridge, who co-stars in this movie and plays his goddaughter. Um, so yeah, the, the, the deal here is he's, he's old and he's grumpy and tired and <laughs> kind of gets pulled back into the action, uh, in this search for the dial of destiny, which is an artifact that it's basically a time machine. It can, you can alter the course of history. And naturally there are Nazis led by Mads Mikkelsen who, uh, get their hands on it. So Indiana Jones and his goddaughter have to stop them and it looks like the so the first 20 minutes from what i understand i haven't seen it yet but i from what i hear the first 20 minutes are awesome and it goes it takes us back to when he was younger and the de-aging effect is reportedly quite good uh but the the rest of the movie is said to be sort of hit and miss it's at 66 percent right now on rotten tomatoes so um i'm going in <clears throat> skeptical mm because it was a reported $295 million budget because I think there was some studio interference wow. and some reshoots. And uh, yeah, it's been a bit of a, I don't want to say a troubled production, but I, I don't think it's gone as swimmingly as they would have liked. So, and they, like, it's going to need to make almost a billion and a half dollars to break wow. even. And uh, it's just such a busy season. Like this has been the busiest summer season we've seen in years, right? Mm -hmm. Because of the pandemic and with Mission Impossible coming out in a couple of weeks, the window is uh, short for this movie to make up its cash. Kind of too bad for Harrison, but at the same time, he's, he's written this one well. Oh yeah. I mean, when you think of the, like, I can't think of another actor who is has two iconic characters, Indiana Jones and Han Solo, and even yeah. Blade Runner to True. a lesser extent. Mm. But uh, like he, when you when you he's in the fedora, he's not Harrison Ford playing Indiana Jones. He is yeah. Indiana Jones, and when he's in on the Millennium Falcon, he's not Harrison Ford playing Han Solo. He is Han Solo. Uh, what a career! Just and both of those roles actually were not originally supposed to be him they didn't want him for oh, really? Han Solo because uh George Lucas had just worked with them with American Graffiti and he want, didn't want to you know just go back to the well so to speak and then Indiana Jones originally was going to be Tom Selleck but he couldn't do it because of Magnum P.I. huh wow that's funny that's an interesting way to look at the history that now you know it's just part of our our, our makeup right yeah, and those first three movies. I know Temple of Doom was weird, but I still like it. But those first three movies are perfect. The adventure, any adventure movie that comes out tries yeah, and yeah. fails you can't, to, to can't compete. copy the formula. Can't compete. Yeah. Awesome. Well, okay, well, maybe we'll watch that and maybe we won't. But the kids might be a little more into Ruby Gilman. That's right. There's a cartoon out called Ruby Gilman Teenage Kraken, and this looks really cute. Uh, yeah, and it's there. It is. She's a she's a young kraken, a monster of the sea, <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's getting okay reviews. Sixty three percent looks like it'd be good family fun. And then uh, at home on Netflix this week, there's uh, one of their biggest shows. It's called The Witcher, and it stars Henry Cavill. I won't. He basically hunts monsters, and it's kind of like Game of Thrones. It's a fantasy world where there's intercontinental squabbling and whatnot. But uh, Henry Cavill uh, plays this big, burly dude with long white hair, and he hunts monsters, and he's so cool in it. Uh, and I've seen the first, because they're, they're doing first five episodes today mm -hmm. and then the last three episodes of the season next month. And I've seen the first five, and they're pretty good. So if you like the first two seasons, I think you'll enjoy what they've done so far. 
Lots of great choices for the Canada Day long weekend. Thank you so much and happy birthday to you. Well, and your nation, <laughs> Brett, we appreciate it. Have a great weekend. I shall stand on guard for thee. Thank you so much. <laughs> he is uh, Brett McGarry of the Couch Potatoes.